Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Train a Happy podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Today, for the first episode of 2023, we are having returning popular guest, Dr. Joshua Woolrich. Now, you may have heard Dr. Joshua on the podcast before. We've discussed all sorts of things around weight and health, and we kind of get into that a little bit today, but we're also really focusing busting those diet culture myths talking about what the trends for this year what the diet culture trends for this year are going to be and answering your questions so we cover a lot a lot and um, but i really feel like josh brings so much value i wanted to keep as much of it in as possible so i really hope you enjoy this slightly longer episode to kick off the year But before we get into that, it is time for Train Happy Trooper of the Week. This week's Train Happy Moment, it came in via our WhatsApp, but it was anonymous. They said, Tally, I had the most amazing Train Happy Moment today. It was after work, I went to the gym, and this song came on. really great workout i put it on loop for my headphones and i went away it turned a mere workout into a proper endorphin pump and had me grinning from ear to ear i even took a sweaty selfie and danced all the way home it was really unexpected and a brilliant thing i love that i love that you i love the power of music i love that it's helped you just feel so good have fun with it I definitely think music can be such a great way to bring in the kind of fun, playful aspect around movement that you can sing and dance along and just kind of bring it into whatever you're doing anyway. And it can really make all the difference. So if people want to send us some of their favorite workout tunes, then let us know. And maybe we'll have to put together a bit of a Train Happy podcast listener playlist on Spotify or something. So send them into our WhatsApp and also send in your train happy moments because we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us on our WhatsApp. It is plus four four if you're an international listener and then it's 075-999-27537. And of course, you can find us on our Instagram too at Train Happy Podcast and just send us in your train happy moments 
your questions for myself, for guests. We would love to hear from you starting this year and yeah, going into the, the rest of the year. Okay, enough from me. Let's hear from the brilliant Dr. Joshua Woolridge. Welcome back, Dr. Joshua, to the podcast. Third time. Third time? Third time on the podcast. The first two must have bled together. I thought this was second time. I did some research. You were on in 2020. And then we were on in 2021 to talk about um, your book. And we're back in 2023, technically. Yeah, we're going to pretend we're in the future a bit. Happy New Year. Uh, You too. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, what did you do? (laughs) Well, (laughs) what did you get? Oh, good question. I'll tell you what I did get because I have had it early. Oh, okay. You may realize that we are recording this uh, prior to it being 2023. Um, I have got a pair of wellies and I've never been more excited about owning wellies in my life because we've moved to the country and so we can go on country walks. So uh, Jack and I ended up getting like his and hers wellies. They're very matching, which wasn't the plan, but it's just the only ones they had in the shop. Um, but they're like really good. Well, how is ones. that for a coincidence? Because I, I um, that's the only present I know that I'm getting. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've also never had, well, I think I probably had wellies as a child. Um, I feel we're about the same age, aren't we? Yeah. We're like, like I'm going to be 33 next year. Same. Exactly. So I feel like we've kind of come full circle of like, it's not cool, it's for kids. And now it's like, you know what? A good quality pair of wellies, it's probably that now you have to get a dog. Now we have to get a dog. The point for me was, you know, summer wellies rather than winter boots. (laughs) Now I realize I used to just, my parents always used to try and drag us on walks. And we've moved somewhere now where there are so many walks on our doorstep. I can't get enough. We're trying. We try and go out even for twenty minutes in in the day. And I just realised that this is what my thirties are going to be about. You know, you're going to have to get a dog. Basically, we're going to have to maybe get a by dog. maybe by the time this gets released, you'll have a dog. Who knows? Who maybe knows? that's secretly the plan that, that Ooh, he has for you for Christmas. I don't think so. <coughs> I don't think so. <laughs> in a box. Just in a box. So yeah, we had you on and we're bringing you back because you're one of our most popular guests, you know, Ooh, and we always get a big reaction you. when you're coming on. And I felt that having you on in January is the best time to get you on because this is peak diet culture season. This oh, is yeah. peak always fun. Uh, dieting trends. And I feel like you are one of the best people to bust some myths with me, answer some listener questions and just really kind of give people the pep talk they need to get them through January and beyond. No pressure. Let's do it. No pressure. I mean, in a nutshell, um, stop being, stop being tricked by the diet industry. Um, no more dieting. Let's, let's just focus on health and not losing weight because they're not the same thing. Okay. End of podcast. I podcast know. three, done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, this oh. could be every single episode of the podcast today could end up with that summary, I think. Well, before we get tr- fully into all the diet trends, just to update everyone, because we did last have you on mm. in 2021, your book had come out. I think you've since got your master's. I, uh-huh. I, I, my timeline in my brain is that was post book coming yes. out. And now you're doing lots more nutrition work. And I just thought maybe you'd want to update everyone where you're at now. So yeah, I am currently working half the week in A&E in the hospital. And then the other half of the week is running my um, relatively newly created nutrition business. It's been about a year now, actually. Um, I probably first started seeing my first clients about 12 months ago. Um, Sorry, 13 months ago. This is coming out in January. It's fine. Um, (laughs) uh, Called Weight Neutral Nutrition. And working with clients on their relationship with food, which has been um, 
incredibly fulfilling uh, and far more complex and um, and harder than I, th- I mean, I knew it was going to be hard, but even harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm learning so much as I'm doing it. And I'm also having a fantastic time. And I'm at the point now where if I have certain weeks, because not all of my weeks are, are equally spaced out. So if I have certain weeks where I'm spending more time in the hospital and less time doing the nutrition stuff, I miss that. And if I have some weeks doing more of the nutrition stuff and less the hospital, I miss that. So I've got a really nice balance at the moment. Um, and hoping to continue it as much as possible. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's lovely because it meant that I, I don't have to beg, borrow and steal to have time off from the hospital anymore, which was always fun, which meant that getting married a couple of months ago was easy. Not easy, but you know, from an annual leave perspective, it was easy <laughs> because anyone that works in the NHS um, can confirm that you, uh, you're you not even guaranteed annual leave for your own wedding. So it's uh i just didn't i didn't have to worry about that which is lovely so i'm i feel like personally i'm in a really nice place at the moment i'm just just not posting on instagram very much so i need to get back into that i had a bit of a uh a bit of a self-doubting six months which was a, a fearful six months i think the people listening like i said even now getting such a big reaction to you coming on i speak to my own clients your name always comes up as someone who has really helped validate people's um desire to and kind of frustration with diets and diet culture and kind of validate it from being a doctor I think in this space there's so many dietitians nutritionists personal trainers but to have people in the medical community who are like I also call bullshit on this I think is really empowering so I think it's so exciting you're also working with clients because I know that people really respect your opinion respect your view on things and kind of really respect you sticking your head above the parapet and you know willing to kind of put yourself out there so if we could encourage anything in 2023 it's like come back to instagram a bit (laughs) we would like you there we need you there and but i appreciate it's really hard it's really hard i suppose when you're speaking out against stuff and i know especially the last couple of years with a pandemic and all the misinformation around that and i know you've been really vocal about that that it must be it must be yeah. sometimes really tough to be a yeah, visible person that's on the, the stuff internet. that's been the hardest i don't mind arguing with people about you know whether dairy causes cancer um but it was the it was the 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 unexpected vitriol that i encountered talking about mainly vaccines right um mm-hmm. and kind of covid stuff that's that just just took a toll it was just really hard um and to the point i I think i just didn't expect it really i mean obviously we were the pandemic was unexpected anyway but that kind of response to talking about stuff that i was like this is actually really straightforward (laughs) like um you know yeah vaccines of that we've known what vaccines are and how they've worked for for decades like this isn't complicated and just the amount of misinformation that's out there around that stuff and the the kind of just the anger that people had towards people talking about that kind of stuff in a way that they didn't agree with um and still but there was a period of it what about kind of at the beginning of this year probably uh sorry beginning of last year beginning of 2021 um that was just super hard and uh, i've never received death threats for uh for talking about you know veganism and dieting but you mentioned something about vaccines and it all all hell breaks loose so i think i just needed to take a bit of time to kind of 
gain a bit of courage that I didn't realize I'd lost. I've never usually been one to shy away from disagreement, but I found myself worried about, uh, you know, worried to encounter uh, an argument, which was very confusing for me. <laughs> so I've been working mm. through that stuff and um, I do miss it. And I am dipping my toe back in the water. And uh, I'm not, I had somebody ask the other day going, you know, if you don't want to come back, that's fine. I was like, no, no, I do. I'm, I'm missing it. It's fine. <laughs> like, I just, I want to do it in a way that, that I do. some parts, I think at this point now, I just kind of need to get over myself a little bit. The very valid reasons to take some time off. But at this point, it's now kind of almost a bit of a hang up of routine. Um, so yeah, I will be, I will be back in full force very soon because I want to be. So that'll be fun. Well, we're excited and hopefully we can kind of ease you in today um, with people's questions and just kind of getting back in the flow of everything. Um, so obviously, I said, we're here to talk about diet trends. We're here to bust some myths. And I kind of did a bit of research myself, kind of in anticipating what I think might be some of the diet, uh, diet trends going into this year. And the thing I keep coming back to with all of these things is that all of these things alone may not necessarily be diets per se in the same way that historically we've had the Atkins diet or keto diet or whatever, but that people will kind of pull you in with a with a really big um, attractive thing like cure your, heal your gut for <laughs> weight loss. That was one of the ones I came oh, up with. I think coming. we're getting, yeah, it's definitely coming, isn't it? So I feel like we're getting a lot. Let's start yeah. with gut health because I think it's one of those things where if you work in the gut health field, it's probably extremely frustrating because there's probably some real merit to the work that's being done there and things that could genuinely be really mm. helpful for people. And yet diet culture loves to swoop in and make it all about weight loss that 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 it does and so does tim specter um sorry am i allowed to say that already here we go let's we let's can say on. names let's name <laughs> let's name shame oh i think yeah people in the diet it, people in the gut health field i think have just been increasingly more more and more frustrated at tim specter recently to be fair and anybody that works in any sort of nutrition field as well with his kind of personalized gut health nonsense that has been that has been popping up on a regular basis um, he's he's capitalizing in a wonderful way off um, off the COVID app, right? In terms of he did he did some great data collection around that, and it was very useful to be able to report symptoms on a on a phone app and get a get a picture as to what was going on within the country. But now he's morphed that into the company around gut health. Um, and, uh, he's got everybody's email addresses and everybody's data and it's, um, he's using it very wisely from a business perspective, but it is r pretty misleading in regards to the kind of stuff that he is, that he is insinuating. Um, there is j just to clarify that there is no such thing as personalized gut health. Um, you know, it, it we, there are certain home truths when it comes to your gut that we know are going to be good for the vast majority of people. And if some people have specific conditions, then that might change. But that's not personalized. That's not how that works, right? It gives off the impression, I don't know if what you've kind of got the impression of, but it kind of gives off the impression that every single person is going to be able to like send in a sample or something, and then you're going to get back a whole like range of types of foods you should be eating for you. 
It's like the new food online food intolerance oh, test. Yeah. It's giving that yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. You can suddenly be allergic to everything. And it's not you're not allergic to everything now. It's now it's something with your gut and it's the same thing but repackaged. And and every single piece of of research that has that he's been a part of by the way that isn't that isn't actually the app that he's emailing people and selling them things um just says more veg and less meat. I mean, we already know that. It's not personalized. <laughs> like, you know, more variety of vegetables is good for your gut. There you go. There you go, Tim. <laughs> like, it's, it's not complicated. Um, but yeah, I guarantee that it will turn. He's he's already going down some of the weight loss type stuff. He loves to he loves to start talking about weight loss um in in some of his content online and start, you know veering way off the road onto some sort of side motorway that he's suddenly found himself on um and uh it makes more money if you start talking about weight loss right because because people are sold the lie that they just haven't found the right diet and so this one sounds kind of plausible and you stick in a bit of real science right around the fact that our gut probably does have an impact on why our genetics um, play a role in our body size. Um, you know, we know that certain people will absorb far more energy from the same type of food than others. And of course that's going to be down to what's going on inside your gut. But just because we have different genetics, it doesn't mean that we should look to change them. Right. <laughs> like, so that's kind of the premise. The, 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 the real science is we have different genetics and that is why that's one of the reasons why we live at different body sizes. Um, one of the factors playing a role in that is to do with our gut end of conversation right that's not a that's not an excuse to start talking about fecal transplants and eating certain foods to change what's going on so that you'll magically be thin like it's that's the kind of route that it ends up going down and and you're right on this one i guarantee that's gonna come just more and more over the next 12 months um so definitely worth avoiding at all costs and just unsubscribe from his zoe app stuff like you don't need to be subscribed to it you can eat a blue muffin whenever you like but you don't need to be doing it i don't know if you saw that but anyway you don't need to be doing it really no i didn't <laughs> it was to figure out how fast think... your gut was if you eat a blue a muffin oh, covered in blue dye you can see how fast your gut is which is interesting but then then what like it's just like okay cool like nice little experiment and and now you've got a blue tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? I think it's interesting because, you know, personally, I'm not seeing necessarily the Tim Spector stuff. Ah, what did you see? But where I'm seeing, well, I, look, I'm looking at more lowbrow places. <laughs> All right. Josh, no, no, that's not, don't, don't undersell yourself. No, <laughs> it's TikTok, isn't it? It's TikTok, isn't it? That is the best place for me to come, I find the best place for me to be exposed to what's actually going on outside of my diet culture free bubble on Instagram. And when I'm on TikTok and I'm seeing a lot of this information and what I was going to say to you is I think it's interesting. You've got people like Tim Spector who seem to have a really great deal of credibility about them, talking in a lot of, uh, with real kind of scientific jargon for us lay people to kind of, you know, um, really take on board as this person's an authority. And then it gets filtered down to influencers on social media apps who are like, oh, this is the new thing. And I'm seeing so much like, let me help you heal your gut to stop bloating, which is obviously coming from a, a real anti-fatness of like, because if you look bloated, then your you, your tummy looks bigger than it should be. And we don't like big tummies is the kind of undercurrent of this narrative. 
whether it's actually helping people, you know, feel less pain because we know that bloating is really painful and uncomfortable and not enjoyable at all for anyone. But often when it comes with the look, here I was before and here I was after my smaller body with less bloating. Let me help you heal your gut. You know, let me help you heal your gut to, to then lose a dress size like I did. That's what it's getting filtered down to on a more kind of influencer level. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting that we can kind of see the trickle down effect. It's interesting the different areas of of, of the social media platforms that, that we yeah, get. Yeah, you're on like acad- academia Twitter <laughs> and I ain't there. No, no I'm, seeing, there. I'm seeing some weird stuff on TikTok too, but I'm seeing, I'll get onto what I'm seeing on TikTok. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 had, I have seen a lot of the bloating stuff. I thought that was more early 21. I didn't realize it was coming back around in full circle again. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I mean, anything that is super visual, right? Like I feel like TikTok is the most visual of everything now, again. Um, you know, bloating is one of those visual things that that kind of goes two ways, right? Either you have people going, kind of showing off bloat and pretending to be inclusive about body size, which is one thing. Um, and then another where people are going, you know, oh, this is this is my bloating and this is how I got rid of it. And it's like, well, that's just just what happens by the evening a lot of the time right you know you've had you've been eating during the day like it's that's fine like some people bloat more than others it's all right we're liking to find reasons to change what we do to fix something to find more more things to blame and uh, what are the things they're telling people to cut out is it all carbs still oh it, we, you know you know i'm not looking too much <laughs> further into it you're not but making response videos generally... Tony, come on no, I'm not. That's not me. That is not me. I can't. I can't go into that that kind of energy. <laughs> but um, I, I just find it interesting. Like I said, that it's it's a similar thing where, and it's not even so less so of the whole before after bloat. Like really, obviously, diety. It's just everything's getting more and more subtle. And it, you know, it's just let me help you heal your. Yeah, well, they're not actually and, mentioning you know, weight feel loss great, at all. And da 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 da. And then and then it's like, and I dropped a dresses. It'll be like just sprinkled on the end, just a little chucked in there. And I think um, once we've gone through our different trends, let's do a bit of a red flag roundup at the end because I think there's going to be a fair few red flags to add. And I think bloat. The word if bloat anything, is probably one says, of them. And loses weight you know, I think watch out for that one. So my next trend then is, and I'm interested about this because I want to do a separate episode about the whole talk around discussion on exercising for your cycle. Now this is particularly something that's happening, I'm hearing a lot at the moment in different fields is I know that there's like emerging science around eating and training for the menstrual cycle. And I feel like this is, I'm just constantly seeing people who, you know, what started with doctors and, you know, people in in the science space, I'm thinking it trickled down to personal trainers talking about how to train and eat for your uh, menstrual cycle. Like I recently did a personal training consultation where I was the client and they asked me all about my cycle. And I found that really interesting because to me, I'm like, where, where's this all come from? This is a trend. I'm noticing it everywhere. I'm seeing everyone talking talking about it. But do we have, and once again, this is one of those things where I think it's really interesting to learn about your cycle. And I think as women and people who menstruate, we don't know enough. So um, because there hasn't been enough um, research in that field, but 
but, 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 we're also seeing it as a now because this is the best way to help you lose weight, to manage your weight, you know, to manage your weight. And I just, I feel like this is a big 2023 trend I'm predicting right now. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm the expert on this because I'm not. Um, I, I know um, the, the bare minimum on how uh, menstruation impacts strength and things like that. I know that it does, um, but I don't, know, I don't know enough to be able to talk you through it at all. Don't worry, we're getting the relevant people on. This Future episodes of Train Happy Podcast are coming on. We're having the relevant people coming on. I'm just curious about the, the way that, once again, it could be twisted in, from a nutrition perspective into a diet. Oh, I look, because the problem with some of this stuff, and again, it's a similar theme, right, is that there's some science there, right? So there is going to be some merit to talking about different types of exercise at different periods of your cycle. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure how much solid merit there is in regards to different types of food at different types in your cycle. I am, uh, I would push back on some of that um, because you know, movement and exercise when it comes to hormone levels makes sense. That is logical physiologically. Um, but eating different types of food at different times in your cycle doesn't make a huge amount of physiological sense to me. Um, otherwise, that's like saying that, you know, uh, that, that different people of different sexes should eat differently. And that's, that's not true either. Um, so I'm not convinced about that side of things. Uh, but I, so I would kind of just advise to look out for how that's being twisted um, whenever weight loss is involved in that kind of context. Just go, well, why? Why are we, you know, if we want to talk about how we might make the most of strength training, for example, um, or, you know, when there might be certain times when you're more going to feel more comfortable doing certain things, um, just like people might feel more comfortable lifting weights after having eaten rather than doing it fasted, right? You know, there are going to be valid conversations to that. That sounds good. But if they're turning that around to, and I can help you lose weight because I know about your cycle, that feels like, that feels like bullshit. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's not magic. Like we, again, we would have, we would be like, if there was a magic solution, we wouldn't be having 20 million different options being sold to you from all different angles. It's just not true. If we had, yeah, if we had a magic solution, we wouldn't be here making my third diet trend podcast and <laughs> every year. Going, There'd be no okay, such thing what, as a diet trend, would there? Right. What, bullshit do we need to bust this month <laughs> you know this is a recurring topic that we keep talking about again and again and again and i'm just really interested how it's constantly repackaged constantly changing slightly and subtly and i sadly think it's making people who can we can all see like i said we can all see keto we can all see atkins we can all see weight watchers for what it is i think mm -hmm. but i think when it starts to come into the sort of science perspective that's when it feels more blurry and murky and confusing for people who may not be you know in on that community on that space and yeah. I, I i completely see why people like i say trust these sources who they who they feel are well they're science people they're they're in a doctor they're a dietitian what they must almost, be right what almost feels worse to me as well is that it's it's kind of just capitalizing further 
on the patriarchy misogyny that has led to the lack of research into this stuff in the first mm. place to wow. then to then kind of continue and go ah well women are more susceptible to diet culture because they're told what they should look like more frequently by society than men are and most people who menstruate are women so ta-da <laughs> we have a new diet for us right and it's kind of just using almost using that bringing that full circle going oh yes it's really bad that we that, that women haven't been investigated properly and therefore we're going to use this to tell you how to lose weight now because we found out a little bit about it in terms of science so hang on no no you can't just pick and choose when you want to challenge the the, the misogyny right it's either all or nothing you can't like oh yeah i feel like that's that's uh that's that's uh, ironic is probably the best way of putting that so it's definitely ding 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 red flag oh yeah and then the last one I want to talk about is on my kind of trend list is one that is uh, has been around for a, a while now. And that is, and especially in January, talking about being plant-based and or vegan. And awesome. interestingly, this for weight loss, because especially in January, a lot of people do, I can't, veganuary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once again, it's one of those things, I think this is the, the kind of theme today. It's one of those things where if you choose to be plant-based because you have real strong ethics around it, then good for you. But once again, it's being touted as the magic cure for weight loss. Surprise, surprise. Ugh. What do we need to know this time around? <laughs> it, it's fun, right? Because it's, look, we, we've had a lot of um, we, we've had a lot of highlighting this year, and rightfully so, about the impact of some of our personal choices on the environment. Right now, some of that you could you could make make sure that you are, that you include in that conversation that a lot of the personal responsibility rhetoric is probably a way of the big companies getting away with not having to change what they do. However, of course, there are going to be things right that we can do personally that are going to help. And one of those things is probably to eat less meat, right? That's very valid. There's nothing, there's nothing incorrect about that. Yeah. We've had some fun pushback that has erupted out of those conversations, like the absolute disaster that is the liver king. And, you know, some of the Can we just explain what the liver king is to people? Because <laughs> we've never mentioned him on the podcast oh, before. Gosh, Turns the, out he's um... on steroids. Don't oh, want to surprise, ruin it for surprise. everyone. <laughs> uh, all the steroids. What was it twenty two thousand dollars a month's worth of steroids? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, well, he is a he is a character, a very very deliberately planned character to uh, to increase a social media following. He emailed a bunch of people about a year ago saying he wanted to grow his following to a million. He had no following at that point. He was like, I want to hit a million followers by this date. And as part of that, I need to get as ripped as possible. And he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and he is someone who basically it's the same toxic masculinity bullshit wrapped up in a slightly different package where he eats raw meat and tells people that the main problem of men today is low testosterone and it's because we're all living weak lifestyles beta lifestyles or beta if you're english um and uh if you eat lots of raw meat and you live outside and never wear a shirt uh, you will probably increase your testosterone despite the fact <laughs> that he is on twenty two thousand dollars of testosterone injections and growth hormone injections and other illegal substance injections uh, a month 
because he has low testosterone and uh, his lifestyle didn't fix it. How funny is that? It's always a projection, isn't it? It's always a projection. But he's one of a few people who have started capitalizing over the last 12 months on people's pushback on eating less meat by going, yeah, you should just eat meat. Um, so I I, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that continues. Um, but yeah, so there is definitely valid merit to eating less meat. Let's be clear. It's good for your gut health. We already talked about that, right? It's good for your, for your heart health to be eating less meat, full stop. Eat more fish though. So that's a good thing. Um, but uh, it is a good thing to be eating more veg. And Veganuary probably has a relatively good aim to it, right? It kind of encourages people to give it a go with a goal in mind, right? Of kind of, it's got a nice catchy name to it. Um, it, 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 it gives them something to aim for. A bit like, um, a bit like not what, what, what's dry, dry January, right? Same kind of thing. Yeah. Where, you know, there's an end point. So it doesn't feel quite as hard for people to kind of go into full on, like I am now vegetarian uh, or vegan or whatever the veganuary bit means to someone. Um, but that gets co-opted very easily, right? And so there's nothing wrong with exploring the fact that actually you don't need meat to have very interesting meals. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with exploring the fact that you don't need meat to be able to train at the gym. There's nothing wrong with exploring the fact that you don't need meat to be cool or a man or do you know what I mean? Um, uh, and that's all well and good and that's fine. Um, I would probably stick to meat free Mondays because it's a lot less, uh, it's a lot less all in and it also isn't coincided with January because whenever you coincide something with January, you're bombarded by all of the other messages in January of new, new year, new me, new year, new body. Now is finally the time to kickstart my weight loss. Now is when all the new diets come out, you know, now is the time to start getting thin for summer because apparently you've got to start super early. Um, so, doing this kind of thing in January, you know what? I bet if it was like, if Veganuary was like uh, Veget September, Vegeptember, I bet it wouldn't be as problematic. Do you know what I mean? There is something mm. about the time of year that this, that this takes place in that leads it to be so easy for people to slip into, oh, you know what's also a really nice thing about being vegan or vegetarian? You'll be thin, right? You've never seen a fat vegetarian. I mean, it's just nonsense. Um, so it definitely worth keeping an eye out for and genuinely just don't do it, right? Just do meat free Mondays, like do one day a week and then increase that to two days a week and do it with a good goal in mind of exploring more exciting vegetarian or vegan dishes that you, if you've got the ability and the privilege to be able to explore that stuff, cause it's not cheap, right? In, in the world in which we live in, buying fresh veg is not the cheapest way of, of, of getting sustenance and food. Um, and it takes more time and a bit more effort to, to kind of cook and, and make taste nice and all that kind of stuff. But give it a go so that you can then incorporate more of it in your, in your general life that doesn't have to be one day a week anymore, right? Um, but do that. Do that rather than Veganuary. Maybe do dry January instead. If you want to do one thing for January, like no alcohol is always good right? <laughs> like, that's probably, that would be my advice if, if you wanted it. 
I do. I, I, I think you're right. We, it was the royal um, you. You, I know you did. You asked, but I, <laughs> I did. People listening. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's interesting. Like as you say, like if there's one thing to really give up that we know, like out and out, is going to just benefit your health and well-being, it is alcohol. We have an episode on that coming too. So watch nice. the space for 2023. <laughs> Mum's The Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, I've had enough of my kind of trend predictions and now I want to ask you questions from our listeners because we had so many sent in. Uh, People love having you on. And I actually think this is a fantastic question. So we'll start with this one. If improving health is a goal for this year, working purely on improving health, not changing appearance, they did clarify, what changes are the most sustainable and have the biggest impact without swaying into diet culture? That's from Anonymous, but I thought a great question. What actually can we do to support our health and well-being this year that hasn't been co-opted by diet culture? Something that hasn't been co-opted doesn't exist. However, That's we true. can we can choose to we can choose to put that to one side for now. Because let's be honest, alcohol's been co-opted by diet culture, sleep has been contact co-opted, exercise, food, anything, right? That you do yoga, meditation, mindfulness. The first thing that comes to mind, which I think is probably because we just talked about it, is alcohol, right? So less alcohol, yes, it's been co-opted by diet culture to say if you just stop drinking, you'll magically be thin forget that less alcohol is good for you it's good for your health um and you know if you don't want to do an entire month of it and then go back to drinking like you do normally then why not just pick some days of the week that you don't right maybe just go i'm only going to drink on a friday and a saturday um I, i think it's quite easy and definitely over the last couple of years it's been quite easy to get into a habit of just having a glass of wine every evening um and that's not great for our overall health um, and so our that, mental health. I think that's yeah. the, the, the key thing with that as well. Is like when we're thinking about our health in this context, it's really a holistic thing of as our physical health and our mental and emotional well being. Yeah, definitely. When I say overall, you can put that in in as a general. That's that's what I mean. And definitely, I mean, I think it's one of the things that has just been because the last two years have been hard, right? It's that I think has been a bit of a comfort 
right? So I think having that glass of wine in the evening or two or whatever it ends up being, I think some of that is a comfort reason too. And and that comfort reason is more the mental side of our health than the physical side a lot of the times. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one thing. That would be the thing I'd say to start with. And then I've, there's only two more, um, maybe three more. Uh, one is get some regular movement in, right? Find some movement that you enjoy. Yeah. I personally have been looking to see whether I can join some sort of like kickboxing or boxing or thingy club recently because I'm like you know oh, what? I want to do something that I that seems that I enjoy watching on TV so I'm like well can't I try I don't want to smash my face up but I feel like I can figure out somehow to do it right um but uh find some exercise that you enjoy that you don't make it about weight loss try not to it's going to be far more sustainable you're going to do it for longer than just the six weeks at the beginning of the year which is when most people stop doing new exercise that they take up in january right it might even be sooner than six weeks who knows what these stats are um and and get it done and do it regularly right find something that you can actually fit in don't go crazy and you know and try and do something that's three days a week You, you don't have time for that find something that will fit that you can do on a weekly basis that you enjoy um and that's number two number three get more sleep we all none of us sleep enough um and have a look at the different things you can do to improve your sleep hygiene because it's not a joke and it is good um no caffeine after about 3 4 p.m is a good start um you know making sure that you're actually in a dark room taking your phone away about an hour before you actually sleep let's go back to reading books i've got i've got one you've got two um it's two now right I've got, yeah, a book and a journal so you can journal before bed. Journaling before bed is perfect, right? You know, actually having something paper-wise that you're reading, your brain can still be active, but it's a different kind of active and it is going to be much better for your sleep. Um, And then the last one was just eat more veg. Uh, We could all do with eating more veg, but I tend to put that one last nowadays because I feel like that's the one that requires the most privilege to be able to do. Um, So, yeah, go with with those in that order. Let's go with alcohol first, (laughs) movement then sleep and then vegetables would probably be a good thing. I love that because it's not too complicated. It's not too 10 steps to this. It's really, it can be really simple. Next question. So another anonymous question, but hi, train happy, really excited for the episode with Dr. Woolrich. I am wondering if you have any science-based ways to come back at people, brackets, they've put a particular family member. Who fat shames because she is, quote, concerned about their health. For example, she will mention how studies have shown that being overweight or, quote, obese can lead to XYZ negative health effect. I'd love a short and sweet example so I can easily brush her concern off with science. Happy holidays to you. (laughs) Uh, Cool. I would probably say the best way to have those conversations is not to have them. But if you have to have them, right, because a lot of the time they're looking for an argument, they're not really looking to converse with you. But if you have to have them and you want to come back with something, it's just to say, well, you know, thank you for your concern. Um, however, the the evidence actually shows that it tends to be the activities that we do rather than body size that we live in. And one of the biggest problems we have is that people who live in larger bodies are often shamed into not doing certain health-promoting behaviors that would be great for them. And so we have a bit of a bias here where we make it much harder 
in the Western world for people in larger bodies to move and exercise is a perfect example, right? We we fat shame every time a company comes up comes out with inclusive clothing, especially when it's inclusive workout clothing, right? Um, all we have to do is re, you know is reference back to the Nike mannequin that that popped. Not that Nike is particularly an amazing brand when it comes to inclusivity, but that was a good example as to. The fact that when we try and make the world easier for people in larger bodies to exercise, the rest of the world mocks and laughs and stigmatizes. And so instead of talking about someone's body weight, how about we talk about the movement and how about we talk about the other health promoting behaviors that the evidence and the research shows that if we're doing them, body size kind of becomes mostly irrelevant in a lot of these circumstances. So you know, have that kind of conversation. They'll probably go like, oh yeah, but what if this? And I'm like, okay, fine. So, you know, just let me get on with it, right? You know, (laughs) if you think that me moving is going to magically make me lose weight, then you can hold on hope for that, but you can just keep quiet about it, right? Just let me do me. Let me do the stuff that I know is going to be good for me, regardless as to what body size I currently live in. And let's have Christmas, shall we? Right? Or January by the time this comes out. Yes. And I but I think this is really relevant at all times of the year because January, Christmas beyond, we there are always those people who are like, you know, I'm just worried about you. And you know, I I understand their concern because it's so understandable given the headlines, given the the media, the way that weight and health is reported that people obviously feel like they have to, yeah, have this concern, but really when we, you know, you dig a bit deeper, you realize that it's not this black and white issue and there's a lot of shades of gray. And like we say, a lot of the shades of gray about these absolutes around what it means to be in a larger body, for example, it's not as black and white as we have been told. And I think it's really hard for people to get their head around that. You know? Also, let's be honest, they're not, they're usually not actually worried about you. They'll say they are. But a lot of the time, that's a cover-up for their own projection of their own insecurities. Also very true. Also right? very true. I was talking to someone earlier today, and we kind of made the point that, look, if you if you look at someone who genetically has never had to think about their body size ever in their life, right, who's always just been kind of very slender and never, never even considered that they might look different, they are not the people who are making comments on people's body size the vast majority of the time, Right. If it is, it's usually slender people who are constantly thinking about their body size, right? Who are constantly doing stuff themselves, who then it makes it makes their discomfort on their daily routine because it's not fun. It's not enjoyable to be constantly thinking about food and constantly worrying about what they're they're buying and what they're eating and what they're weighing and all this kind of stuff. It's it's incredibly stressful and it makes them feel better if they can project that onto somebody else and have conversations. Not deliberate, but it, that's why. If they can have those conversations with someone else and bring someone else into this conversation, it makes them feel like what they're doing is justified and validated. And yes, this is what I should be doing. Um, so even though they use it as a way of saying they care about you, it's not about that. It really isn't. Um, it's usually about their insecurities and the fact that they are, are subject to the same kind of crap that they are trying to subject to you. Um, I don't know if that makes it any better, but it's the truth, unfortunately. And I always think of, I went to drama school with someone who was very naturally thin and actually was 
brought to the front of the class to say, this is what you should all look like. And she was, and my friend was like, guys, I am not the picture of health. You, I eat McDonald's every day. You see me like, I, she was, I remember her literally being like, what? This is so bizarre. Like, I'm not the fittest one here. I'm, you know, not the quote healthiest one. I know my behaviors and I just look a certain way. And I remember her just being just as kind of (laughs) just sort of baffled as to why she was chosen the example. And the, the reason was, is because she was thin. She was really naturally thin. And I, I also think she had more kind of foresight and just awareness of going, well, if I know that like I do all these things, like I barely work out outside of these classes, I eat whatever I want and I still look the same, then it's probably the same for people who are in larger bodies. Because look, if I'm doing all these supposedly bad things and nothing's changing, then what about people? What if the opposite could be true? That I'm that someone might exist in a larger body and quote, do all the right things and yet their weight might not change. Well, we can't accept that though, because that makes us feel uncomfortable because then we'd have to start being nice to people and uh, stop stigmatizing, right? And we'd have to be nicer to ourselves, but that's a longer mm. conversation. Mm. <laughs> well, one of Next the last question. <laughs> well, one of the last questions is about being nice to yourself, I okay. think. Um so that's that a nice for little segue. Unintended segue. It was. Well, this person has asked, um, so a bit of a complicated question this person says as someone who suffered with bulimia in the past and dance school diet culture to blame for that so I get it I get it um and disordered eating over exercising pretty much my whole adult life I'm now six weeks postpartum with my second baby how would you recommend navigating losing baby weight and regaining a healthy level of fitness after doing very little because of a c-section um and how do I start again without becoming ex- a obsessive? Um, I just feel like there may be a lot of new mums in my situation who have experienced massive changes to their bodies and that are out of their control. And then they feel the pressure to snap back. And that is from Rachel. Um, I think there's so many layers to this question. Firstly, obviously, with the history of disordered eating and an eating disorder, would we recommend weight loss? I'm thinking no. I wouldn't be recommending it full stop. Well, Um, (laughs) to be fair, that goes without saying. But Well, especially in that context, right? Mm -hmm. And especially in the context of postpartum, right? So, you know, you're you're potentially breastfeeding. Again, we're not going to get super complicated. You know, fed is best, not breast is best, just to clarify. But for people who are choosing to and able to breastfeed, you don't want to be doing that, right? You don't want to be trying to... You don't want to be intentionally starving yourself because, again, let's clarify, that's what weight loss is. It is intentional starvation. Now, you can argue that all you like, but it's true. So if you want to be, if if you are choosing to do that at some point in your life, I can't stop you. It's up to you. But why are you doing that with a newborn, right? Why are you doing that whilst you're probably needing more energy to produce milk and breastfeed? Like, that's a bad idea, terrible idea. Um, So I wouldn't be recommending any postpartum um, person be be trying to lose weight and from not from just a physical side but mentally postpartum depression is very real mm. and there's definitely some links between it's complicated but there are definitely some links between the way that that these people feel because of the way that they look um there is obviously complexity around having a new baby to try and look after and all that kind of stuff but there is also elements of of the way that people look and the way that society treat these people and what they look like and what they should look like. And this whole concept of snapping back is complete bullshit. Um, so 
that's one thing. <laughs> and then again, um, ju- I would I would really challenge the thing that 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 she said about losing weight and getting fit. Right? I think mm. she said one after the other. They are not the same thing, and you do not need to. And it's much much safer and healthier for you to not believe they're the same thing. Not just for fun, right? Not just because it makes you feel better, but because it's not true to start with. Um, you can get fit again after having a period where you probably feel like you haven't moved very much, right? In the last couple of months of pregnancy, understandably, right? You know, I wouldn't be moving that much if I was carrying, um, you know, eight pounds of weight or whatever, or 10 pounds of weight, including all the fluid, right? Around on my front for, for two months. That's not enjoyable by any stretch. It's a miracle um, that, you know, in general, but why, you know, of course you haven't been moving very much. And then you've gone through this, something that is, is physically traumatic and mentally traumatic, right? It's hard. Getting fit in quotes again, takes time. It's going to take time. You have a newborn, right? You can't be, you, you know, it, it takes not just kind of specific time, it takes mental capacity as well, right? It takes you being able to sleep properly. It takes you having having the space to be able to do these things. I would imagine you're not sleeping as well as you used to a couple of years ago at the moment, right? I would imagine that you're not really eating as, as um, let's use the word healthily, but that can get complicated as you would perhaps want to right now, because you're probably super tired. You're probably not thinking about you as much as you're thinking about baby, right? Like, and all of this stuff is very real and very re- reasonable. And getting fit is a great aim, but let's be realistic about the length of time that that is going to take and when you're going to have the capacity in your brain to be able to think about that stuff. Um, but let's just be real, real blunt and clarify that if you are somebody who has had a diagnosis of an eating disorder in the past, I don't think it is ever going to be a safe idea for you to be pursuing intentional weight loss because deliberate starvation and eating disorders should never go together, ever. Um, and it's really important not to disregard um, just how much of an impact that will have. Like you, you cannot, um, and you're, you will be playing with fire if you do that. And there will be people who will say that they have been able to, and it's not true, genuinely not true. Um, there will always be something that comes up that will be harmful to your mental and physical health if you start going down that road. Um, and you know, this is also just a side point you're, I would imagine if someone, if you're someone who has recovered or is in recovery from an eating disorder, I would imagine you also don't want that for your child, right? And children model, they look and they watch and they copy and they do this whether we like it or not. And they will see you and the way that you act because they are all they know. And the amount that we pick up from our parents when we're young, when we're kids is unbelievable. And, you know, I guarantee that it's something that you've probably thought about. And this is going to be a surefire way of making this more complicated, not just for you, but for your kids and everything that comes along with that. So fitness sounds great. Let's focus on that, but give it time and be kind to yourself. And probably, I would imagine, unfollow a bunch of people on social media. Mm, and maybe stop hanging out with the new mums that are going through that same 
kind of routine right who are probably even having discussions with you about how they're going to do this and how they're going to this and that and x and y and you know you have you have choices and power over who you hang out with and who you converse with and who you watch and what you allow yourself to be exposed to take control over that right I have a lot of compassion for you as well Rachel because You've gone through such a hard time in terms of, and it's something neither of us have experienced, but I imagine, especially if you've had issues with an eating disorder in the past, um, and that's probably present in dance school, I know that the level and layers to body image and um, how complicated that can be. And I imagine it's felt extremely, it sounds triggering to have your body change so much and for it to feel like it's so out of your control. And so I just have a lot of compassion for that and to say that it's okay and normal for our bodies to change. And, you know, we're not meant to look the same that we did as a teenager forever. Our bodies change and grow. You brought life into this world, which is incredible. And to put, to feel like society has to put a pressure on you to snap back feels so unfair so unfair and so unhelpful when really this time is about creating a bond with your baby and you know integrating your baby into your family this is your second child and just having that time of recovery as well you know fitness will always be there I often say this to people as well like movement's gonna be there when you're ready don't feel like you have to do anything before you're ready and really tune into what your timeline is. Because I think often we get so caught on like, you know, I'm this month's X amount of months postpartum. I should have done this by now. And everyone's on their own timeline and own experience and everyone's bodies respond differently to this big change. So I think just, yeah, trust yourself and um, cut yourself some slack, cut yourself some real slack because, you know, um, it's a lot to deal with. I mean, two kids as well. Like, wow, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. So I said, um, as we're going into the end of this episode that we need to do a bit of our kind of red flag roundup and figure out, just give some people the tips on what we should be looking out for going into January and beyond when it comes to diet culture, when it comes to diet culture in disguise, what are your kind of key red flags that we need to look out for oh okay we keep it simple weight loss i mean i know we we try and skirt around the topic right and kind of go oh but the red flag is bloated weight loss right if anybody mentions weight loss just go the other way right it's not actually about health that they're talking about they're selling it to you they're selling something new all the old stuff repackaged right? But the end goal is always the same. And whenever your measure of success is the number on the scales, it massively skews what you're doing. And it's a terrible idea. Um, And, you know, you can get healthy. You are more likely to become fitter and healthier if weight loss is not the end goal, if it's not the measure of success. So as soon as somebody starts mentioning weight loss, swipe left. Is that the right way? I can't remember. Maybe it's been a while. Just swipe um, on, carry swipe, on, swipe on, scroll up. on. Do yourself a favor and curate your social media feed because, again, you're in charge of this stuff. It might not feel like it sometimes, but you are. Um, we can't avoid social media forever, um, even if we keep trying. I'm not trying, but some people I know are trying, but you can't. It's a reality of our daily life now. 
move on from it. Um, so that's definitely one thing. Some people are a little bit more sneaky than that, though, and they don't actually say weight loss. Um, they say health. But there's usually some things, I'm not sure if you might have some red flags because you've thought about this question in advance, but there's usually some things that will give it away that they're not actually talking about health. They're talking about weight loss in disguise. It's the before and after photos, isn't before it? Before and after photos. <laughs> that I mean, that's just blatant, to be fair. But, um, it's, but you say that, but they seem blatant and it seems obvious that there's obviously a bigger body on the left looking disheveled and sad and then some spray tan person on the right like it's always the spray with tan grinning <laughs> oiled up or whatever it is but it's so nowadays it's not about this is not about my body this is about my mental health this is about my blah 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 or you know work out for your mental health it's so great to work out for your mental health i think it's fantastic that message is getting out there and then the programs are still being sold with a before and after, you know. So before and after pictures, then put that in your put that in your red flag thing. I think it might be the biggest red flag out there for me. If as, as soon as you see that they're comparing bodies, uh, uh, scroll on. The thing that came to mind for me was you, around the nutrition stuff was usually when it's got anything to do with removing or cutting or restricting. Oh, good red flag! Right, and because often they won't say weight loss. Right, they'll just be like this this January we're going to help you reduce enter buzzword here inflammation and to do that we're going to enter buzzword here reduce gluten and the best way of doing that is go is is let's remove bread for january and actually what they're talking about is a low carb diet and their plan is to get you to lose weight right and they're going to sell it to you and then they're going to sell something else to you and there's all this nonsense but they don't say that they say we're going to make you feel better and reduce the bloat right there we go we've got that in there um by reducing inflammation and gluten and it's all bad for you and it's your gut health and blah 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 so but there's a theme along there and that tends to be remove or restrict yeah. or yeah. reduce or cut out or you know, and unless they're talking about including something for health, then they're usually talking about removing something for health. And removing something for health, unless it's drugs or alcohol, tends to be diet culture, right? The only thing that should genuinely be removed for health, not all drugs, but most drugs, drugs and alcohol, right? So anything else, you don't really need to remove sugar for health. You just need to include more of the other stuff. And the sugar tends to fill up less of your diet, right? There's nothing wrong specifically with some of these things that people like to harp on about. Um, the only time you should be cutting gluten now is if you've got celiac disease. Like just otherwise stop listening to these people. They are trying to sell you some sort of new January, new year, new you, new weight loss, new everything. And it's yeah, that's that would be my red flag when it comes to food. Well, that was my next red flag was like, follow the money, follow the plan. Are you being linked to a plan you have to buy? Are you being told you can achieve X, Y, Z that will probably result in a smaller body and it for only $29.99? Like that's, I think, the other red flag. Like if there's an exchange of money, more often than not, it's ultimately... Hashtag buy my book. Um, but yes, well, no, I agree. <laughs> I'm not selling you weight loss though, just to clarify. Well, this is um, what I'm saying. Like when we're seeing something where it's like, we're going to really help you transform your health and well-being this year. Here's this before and after photo that's nothing about that. Oh, and it costs X, Y, Z. 
Here's that the that brings code. up the thing I was uh, that that I thought about earlier in regards to when I said that you had a certain area of TikTok that I haven't seen, but I've got something else. Was I keep seeing things being sold on TikTok, but they're weight loss devices. Yes, which like are the hula really hoop annoying. Thing. Have you oh, seen the hula, hula hoop thing? thing. Oh, bloody yeah. hell! Red <laughs> flag. Was, it, yes, it started. <laughs> it started with the what was it? It was like this weird. It was an Asian like there was this Asian woman who was yeah, dancing. Crunch spinning, yeah, thing. the weird crunches, and then mm. spinning on this plate, and like it was everywhere at one point, and it was a lot. It's just like, oh my word, it's like Jenny McCarthy all over again, or whatever the whatever Davina McCall. Anyway, um, it's like all that, right? And and it's just uh, they they keep coming up with a new thing, and the latest thing is the hula hoop rotatable thing and how like you lose the links and as you yeah, lose the links it means the links. by accident right without even realizing it it's like stop it stop it it's it's just movement and it's just exercise can and, we just talk about that know, hula hoop thing as well like who who genuinely truly believes that they could be hula hooping like that like for the rest of their life like every you know couple of times a week for the next 10 years does it seem that sustainable to you I mean, I'm sure that isn't going through anyone's mind. It's like, what is going to be the quickest fix in this mm. situation? But is there anything about that that screams longevity? I feel like you eventually hula hoop yourself away until there are no links left and you've disappeared. <laughs> you've actually been cut not, in half. Yeah. <laughs> you've been cut in half. <laughs> My word. It's, it's just, it's so, it's sad because it's, the other problem is I've seen, there's one creator that that is, that is doing it and I'm like oh but I liked you you were really funny <laughs> like you did comedy skits these kind of devices as well let's be honest the way that these things work is they get sold as a quick convenient fix that you can do in the comfort of your own home that is cheap right mm. and so this is often probably a new again this isn't a judgment thing this is just a reality of to help you understand the context of seeing these kind of things and by you i mean obviously the role you not you telling um the these people tend there's nothing wrong with this but they tend to be people who this is probably their main source of exercise now right where it because it's so cheap and because unless they're being paid specifically which they probably are too but because it's so cheap and because it's so convenient, these are often being sold to people who are super busy, right? They might be single parents or they might have multiple kids at home or they might be doing multiple jobs. And so they're doing this thing and they're like, this takes me 20 minutes a day and I can do it at home whilst I'm cooking food or whatever. And it's like, this is just, so they've now introduced this new movement into their life, which they never had before, which of course is going to change their physiology temporarily but of course it's going to change their food they're not necessarily lying to you and it's actually like they're not losing weight and they're just pretending they probably are changing but they're not going to be doing that forever right it's not healthy sustainable change and as we've said before like focusing on that being your goal yes okay the number of links removed in a hula hoop thing is not this is not exactly the same as numbers on a scale but it is really right and whenever that is our end goal, it never leads to something sustainable because it will stop. And when it stops and when they stop losing the links, they will stop doing it because it's not particularly enjoyable, right? And then you'll hear from them again in six months time and they will say, I fell off the wagon. I'm going to start doing X again. And I think that's another red flag is, is the 
remember when I was really into that? Well, I was wrong. I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep up. But I'm starting again. I'm going to, right, I'm going to kickstart this again. And I'm going to do, you know, I've seen some of the biggest fitness diet creators in the UK do their own plans again because they're like, oh, I kind of fell off the wagon. I'm like, if you can't keep up, who can do this? Oh, I remember. I mean, I've, I've seen people that they're not in the UK, but I've seen people who I started Instagram following these people and seeing them as like kind of put them on a pedestal of like, oh my word, these guys lost so much weight and oh, I need to follow them. And the amount that they've rebounded is, Mm. is like, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to watch because it's predictable to me now, but it's amazing how different, right? They're, and nobody's following them anymore. Nobody's paying it. Like, do you know what I mean? And they're all their all their credibility is suddenly gone because the only reason we, you know, people like myself, the the state I was in at the point of following these people, the only thing I cared about was, you know, if, well, if they were if they weren't losing weight anymore, then why am I following them, right? Because that's that's their entire personality and and this belief that it's not going to be me right i found the the unique way of losing weight and keeping it off just it's so frustrating to see and it's so sad to see and it's you know it it is it it's i wouldn't say unfollow them but because it feels like it feels like a lot of the time they actually turn into nicer people when they put the weight back on and they start Hi, being themselves again. <laughs> Hi, Tally. Hi. Um, I didn't mean you, uh, but <laughs> I know, but I can see myself in that, you know. Yeah. But I, I think that's one of those red flags for me. And I think going forward is I think just be fine. I just think just watch all those kind of creators with interest in the sense of watch how many people at the top of the supposed fitness, health and wellness fitness game will will be constantly onto a new thing. They'll have a new plan, a new kickstart. They'll every so often they'll check in and go, I haven't been doing X enough. I need to do more. Oh, I've been eating too much. I need to cut back. And it happens every year. Every year there's something and there's a new thing. And it probably coincides with something they're selling, but it also coincides with the fact that none of these people think far beyond 12 weeks, 16 weeks, six months. They're not creating things for longevity. They're creating things for short-term fixes and therefore trying to sell you a short-term solution. No one's thinking long-term. No Every one's new long-term. Michael Mosley book starts with a an admission that the last time he did so-and-so diet, it hasn't worked. <laughs> and so that's why he's changed it and released a new book. Right. Like, can people not see this? Can people not see through this crap? Right. It's like, oh my word, like, how are people still buying these books? It's like, but the problem is, is that that's what people think the routine is. People don't see a problem with it because they see it in themselves. So they're like, oh, he's like us. Mm. Right. And so, oh, we'll do it with him this time. Oh, he's, yes. he's added keto onto his eight, his fast 800. Oh, he said it's because actually he realized that the fast 800 was great, but the problem was that when you stop doing it and introduce carbs again, then actually it's a problem and carbs were really the problem. And now he's realized, so I'm going to go on the wagon with him again. And it's like, what do you stop, stop, <laughs> please? Yes. I think that's such a great example of just the constantly layer layering it on and constantly like adding another thing and then there's another thing and I think if you see how the supposed professionals are going through the diet cycle constantly I think you start to realize like oh wait a second maybe these people who I supposedly think have all the answers 
are stuck in the same trap that I'm in and stuck in the same cycle I'm in. And the good thing is, is that my whole <laughs> my whole brand and business doesn't rely on me necessarily doing this. I hope for your, anyone listening, like you're not in that position whereby you can step away from these things and go, I'm going to break the cycle this year. If there's one thing I encourage people to do in 2023, it's break the diet cycle because otherwise you will be on that hamster wheel forever. Even the people that are in that industry break that cycle. Oh, please. Right? Let's all break the cycle. You know, you, you can still, you can still be super ripped and all you, all the thing you enjoy being without promoting weight loss, right? You mm. can still go crazy with your, with your exercises and be in the gym twice a day, but you can also start being a bit more holistic with the way that you describe these movements and the way you talk to people. People still follow you. They're not going to unfollow you just because you're not giving a fad weight loss diet every January right? You can find other ways to do this. There's a whole untapped market of people that want to exercise that, that, that don't want to lose weight, right? Like you, you do it. I'm going to finish this chat by <laughs> predicting. I'm going to make a, a prediction for 2023. <clears throat> that we are going to see more people in this space. Um, I think become more and more increasingly aware of the pitfalls of dieting and also recognizing weight stigma. I think I'm already seeing it. I think there's some really big creators who are very big, you know, in the last kind of five, 10 years of, you know, very much like macros and bodybuilding, I think have really shifted into a much more compassionate approach and um, have, you know, become a lot more aware of how nuanced, <laughs> nuanced weight and health actually are. And I really do think that we'll see a continued conversation about this in 2023 and that people will, um, you know, come to this realization slowly in their own way that, um, that more and more people will kind of figure this out. That's my, my hope, but my prediction for 2023. That would be nice. <laughs> I think, I think, it, I think, it, I think it's doable. We've got to keep making podcasts like this. We've got to keep having these conversations, but I think it's interesting to, you know, maybe seeds are being planted as we speak. Yeah, I hope so. So Josh, I have to finish every episode by asking what has been your most recent train happy moment? The last time I bought trainers, running trainers, they had the word unfattening on them. Ooh, which <laughs> yeah. people don't know was because your old was my, username. It was. Um, and you could buy trainers from, from Adidas that you could put a, you could put a word on the side, right? So you could put like, your name on it or whatever and at the time that was my identity and uh, I had unfattening written on them and I you know as things changed I unpicked it off so it then just turned into fattening which was hilarious I thought it was great um and uh but those trainers have, have lasted a very long time in there and they've been great but they are not very warm and they have they're, they're you know like most trainers they're kind of summer trainers and so they have lots of air holes in them and stuff and i actually finally sucked it up and bought some trainers the other day some new running trainers that are for the first time in my life actually built for it, it being in the cold um and they are amazing <laughs> and and uh, for the first time i have uh, been able to go out on not this last week with all the snow sorry i mean it's january i don't know if there's snow in january um no but look not in this last week as we're recording this with all of the snow i have not gone out recently but before the snow in the cold and it's been amazing to run and not have cold toes and uh and that has actually been that that's been a very 
a wonderfully train happy moment, literally and metaphorically, um, because I have been training and it has made me happy. And I've been starting to slowly get some of my um, cardiovascular fitness back that I had definitely lost during the last couple of years um, because I want to be able to run distances again because I used to run, be able to run half marathons and there is no way in hell I could do that right now. Um, I think 5K is still is a bit of a stretch. So I'd like to get back to being able to run 5, 10K comfortably. And these trainers felt like a positive step to making my life a bit easier. And they, they are very good. I love that. I think and that's they were a on great sale. train happy moment. <laughs> and they were on sale. Perfect. And they were on sale. Perfect. Exactly. Um, Josh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. No doubt we'll have you on again. Um, but for people who may be new to you, following you, where can they find you? Where can they support you? Where can they read your book? Um, I am on most social media platforms, uh, apart from Be Real at the moment, but who knows? Um, 2023 and, uh, prediction. <laughs> I don't, I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Um, you can find me at Dr. Joshua, D-R and then Joshua. That uh, should come up. Um, if not, you can add a W after Dr. Joshua W, and that should come up. Otherwise, it's Dr. Joshua Walrich. I'm sure Tally will put it in the show notes. Um, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Although I feel like Twitter's getting more and more um, right wing, disgusting the, uh, as time goes on. Um, so maybe not so much Twitter, but Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and my book is called Food Isn't Medicine. Uh, out now in in English, uh, Spanish. Uh, Dutch coming in Korean and I don't think the Russian one's happening anymore but that's fine Um, uh, so buy that and read it and let me know what you think and uh, who knows what will happen in the future but uh, come and follow that'll be fun and we'll, we'll explore my return to social media together that'll be a fun time yep go send him a DM and say come on where are you (laughs) we'll make more content it's all right (laughs) everything is set up i'm ready to go but that is it for this week's episode of the train happy podcast thank you so much for listening i hope you took something away from this episode and if you did please do let us know on social media you can find us on instagram at train happy podcast and we do want to hear from you we want your questions we want to hear your train happy moments and we'd love to feature you as train happy trooper of the week so remember you can get in touch with us via our whatsapp it is 07599927537 and whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on please rate and review it really helps the show and it really helps spread the train a happy message and that is it for this week i'll be back with a brand new episode for you next monday see you then mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 